0: You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, Clemson Nation? Welcome into today's episode of Locked On Clemson. Glad to have you with us on this fine Thursday. First up, the guys over at Locked On Irish and I are going to be previewing this weekend's huge matchup, in the ACC title game, it's Clemson versus Notre Dame Part 2. The winner is a virtual lock for the playoffs, so this game has huge implications. After that, let's take a look at the quarterback room for the Clemson Tigers in 2021. We all assume that Trevor Lawrence will be leaving for the NFL and that DJ Uyunga Lele will be the starter, but who's next off the bench? Lastly, we're going to be reviewing the Disney Plus movie Safety, a story about former Clemson football player Ray Ray McIlwaghy. Great movie. We've got a fantastic show lined up today, my friend. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T. If you'll do us a huge favor, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Clemson, and you can find that for free wherever you get your podcast. Slap a large, and I mean humongous, five-star rating on the show and review it, if you will. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm fired up. It is game week, folks. Clemson, Notre Dame, for all the glory. Let's go. Here's a little bit of an excerpt of the conversation I had with Joe and Ryan over at Locked on Irish. If you want to hear the full conversation, be sure to listen to Locked on Irish on Friday.
2: Ellis, I I want to ask you to start this this conversation off with what makes things different this game with Trevor Lawrence as the starting quarterback. And I, I think that it feels obvious for college football fans, but there's a little bit deeper Impact that Trevor Lawrence has than DJ Uwe starting.
1: Oh, yeah, big difference. Um, you look at the numbers, right? DJ throwing for uh career record against Notre Dame in passing yards, and you think, ah, oh, wh- where was Trevor there? It didn't matter. But I think a big difference is that when you have Trevor, you have a little bit more confidence in the run game, especially in the RPO. Uh, they're largely a movement based RPO offense. So If you can hold that mesh point a little bit longer, which Trevor can do, it could free some of those amazing defensive linemen that you guys have as a group and unit. Uh, That'll be able to open up a few things for Trevor to see. I just don't think we had the ability uh, to hold those guys. They were able to run free against uh, a guy like DJ Uyunglele, and he was unable to run. Uh, If they can get Trevor running, I think that might help Clemson's offense a little bit better.
0: And Ellis, I kind of want to talk about some of the more differences in the game. You know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the one that everybody wants to talk about and is going to talk about leading up to this big matchup. What are some things, though, from a Clemson perspective that you think are going to be different and that need to be different for a, uh, a obviously a, a much different outcome hopeful for the Clemson fans?
1: <laughs> well, I think having a better – run average than one yard per carry would be really good to start the game. Uh, (laughs) I also think that uh, having a guy like Tyler Davis back and Jamie Skalski in the front seven for the defense can actually help mitigate some of the run game for Notre Dame. They were very balanced in this game, came right out of the gate Running the big run with Kyron Williams, the guy is a monster. Uh, I don't think that Clemson's going to be able to completely stop Notre Dame from running the ball, but I think having a guy like that, you couple that with, you know, maybe having Patterson out at center. I don't know what's going to go on with Zeke. Uh, it could be a good thing for those guys to come in and play. That would be the difference to me. I think Clemson's still going to be pretty status quo on the outside with the receivers, and I think that Notre Dame is still going to be very aggressive. So we're going to see some. We're going to see some good football this Saturday.
2: So you already mentioned how you need a better rushing day from the offense, but specifically Travis Etienne was – pretty much shut down this game and it's something that is so unexpected something that Clemson fans are not really used to seeing but Notre Dame has had a tendency to completely take star running backs out of games so far this year do you think Travis Etienne is going to have a better game do you think Clemson comes in maybe with a completely different approach to get him some yards
1: Oh, uh, well, if they don't run the ball on first down every time they will <laughs> <laughs> I think that Uh, A guy like Travis Etienne will be having a little bit of a better game this time because of the rapport with Trevor Lawrence. Again, Trevor Lawrence can hold that mesh a little bit longer. He can read the defense. That's going to open up opportunities for Trevor to get uh, the ball to Travis in open lanes. This last time, they knew that DJ wasn't going to hold, wasn't going to take the ball for a run uh, if he was going to play in the RPO. They just, you know, locked in on Trevor, on Travis Etienne. This time, I feel like you have to be able to watch all three facets of the RPO game. And I think he might have a little bit better of a rushing game this time. I think if Clemson wants to win the game, they absolutely have to run and get the ball in Travis CTN's hands. Uh, do you guys have any concerns coming into the game? Anything that makes you go, ah, uh, just not really excited about that?
0: Well, I, I think the middle of of Clemson's defense getting stronger now with Skalski and Tyler Davis back, What my biggest fear is, if Notre Dame is going to win this game on both sides of football, they have to win in the trenches at the line of scrimmage. That is how they need to win football games. When you're looking at it, and I'm looking at it for specifically from a Notre Dame perspective offensively, my biggest fear, and it was my biggest fear first game as well, if, you, if the running game gets neutralized, Notre Dame is going to be forced to be, try to win some one-on-one out matchups outside against guys like Andrew Booth and Darian Kendrick who are both, again, you know, Andrew was only a true sophomore, so he's not, you know, he's on the NFL radar, but he's not yet. Darian Kendrick's already been talked about heavily in draft circles. That matchup with Ben Skoranek and Javon McKinley, even though they have had some nice moments this year, that forced matchup of trying to win one-on-one consistently against those guys, I think does not play into Notre Dame's favor at all. We well,
2: he also talked about this on our Thursday show, how – it's going to be really tricky to try and shut down the run game like they did in the first matchup. We even brought that up earlier in asking you this. Trevor Lawrence has been an extension of the running game for you guys, and we saw what he did last year against Ohio State where he gashed them. He was the big reason why they were doing so well offensively was because he was picking up yards on the ground. They're not afraid to work him into the run game, and I think if you have an extra piece that you have to stop, that can make things complicated for a team that's really good against the run, that is really good at stopping most teams rushing attack. They haven't really faced a duo like etn in lawrence before it's been a lot of one-sided duos i mean sam howell's not as mobile as trevor lawrence is so you add that into the mix much more mobile than dj uyangalele and the fact that they like to use him as a runner i think really complicates things for this this giants or uh, giants uh, notre dame uh, notre dame defensive line
0: yeah, and if I could add to that, Ellis, real quick, it's it's like that. My biggest fear also is like when you're playing against a freshman quarterback, you're a little more comfortable with maybe potentially playing some man to man coverage for a guy that isn't yes. a big as big of a running threat, right? But like, I'm not turning my back to Trevor Lawrence. I think that the, that the whole. The whole process for Clark Lee is going to be, hey, we need to play a ton more zone in this game. We cannot get our backs turned to Trevor Lawrence because the difference in that football game could potentially be, hey, he picks up three to four first downs. He starts getting the zone read game working like the, the extension of the run game. Like Joe said, that's my biggest fear is is we want to make Clemson as one dimensional as possible. They're going to be able to pass the football on us. But I think for Notre Dame to win, their same mindset is going to be we have to slow this run game down and make them a passing offense to succeed, we cannot lose first down. And else, I, I know you already mentioned a little bit about Skowski and Tyler Davis being available for this game and the importance that that brings, because obviously we saw their absence was, was you know very apparent the first time around against Notre Dame. Maybe outside of just your box score and the obvious how dynamic these players can be for the defense on the field, how important is just the presence from a leadership perspective and how much they need, mean for that defense maybe more than just what the box score would indicate?
1: Right. I, I think a guy like Skelski is the quarterback of the defense. He's the guy that can see the field. He reacts much faster than a guy like Jake Venables would have in the game. Played well, but he was just not ready for that Notre Dame front offensive line. It, it just wasn't. Uh, but I think having those guys instill a confidence. There's a rapport with the com- linebacker core, Balen Spector, Uh, Mike Jones Jr., those guys are going to have the whole team back. So they're going to be more confident playing with those guys. They know the assignments uh, are going to be probably spread out a little bit easier this time. You don't really have to rely on a freshman. And and then also just pure talent. I think those guys obviously are one of the better players in the ACC. You need those guys if you want to beat a team uh, as good as Notre Dame is.
2: One thing that we really like to do with guests that we have on the show, especially for these football games, we like to grab a score prediction from whoever our guest is. Now, I, I have to warn you, Brad Sinkiff, who was the previous host of, of Locked on Clemson, he predicted Clemson to win the first time and that didn't go so well. So where
1: do, <laughs> where do you
2: stand on this game? What do you think is going to be the final score? It's okay to pick Clemson. I'm just giving you a little heads up.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've uh, I'm definitely going to pick Clemson. <laughs> but what I think what I think this game is going to be like, you, you, you got to go back to the last time we played. I, I don't think this game gets out of the 30s. Uh, I think both teams have a lot to play for. Clemson wants to get that sixth ACC title. Notre Dame wants to run through the ACC and say, see you later. We wrecked all of y'all. <laughs> but I also think that, again, this game is going to shape the 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 college football playoffs. The winner is a virtual lock. The loser depends on who it is and how it is. Probably could get in too. So, I think Clemson's going to win. I would say somewhere around the thirty five twenty eight range. Uh, that eleven spread is just a little too much to me. I, I've cautioned people by saying, "Hey, you can be a homer all you want to, but if you think that Clemson is going to blow out Notre Dame, this Notre Dame team uh, getting stronger as the year has progressed, uh, you're a little crazy. Going to be disappointed, but I'd, I'd think somewhere around thirty five twenty eight.
2: That's actually very close to what what Ryan picked. So we're we're kind of in the same boat here, except obviously in favor of in favor of Notre Dame. But yeah, no, we're same boat here. We don't think that it's going to really get to that that 40-point margin just because both teams are going to be fully prepared to for whatever either team is going to try and throw at them offensively. Both have good defenses. I really do agree with you on that, that, that around that 30 points for both teams makes a ton of sense.
1: You guys already asked me. I said 35-28, Tigers. What do you have? What are your predictions? Uh, and where do you see the playoffs going after this with your prediction?
0: Let me hear you first, Joe. Let's hear it.
2: Well, so the prediction that I gave on our Thursday show, I said 33-30 in favor of Notre Dame. I think this game is going to be very, very close. It's going to come down to a a last-second touchdown, maybe uh, within the last five minutes minimum. It's going to be very, very close. Somebody is going to make a crazy play to put the other team in favor, and in my case here, I believe that it is going to be Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I think on our show, I, I think I predicted thirty-four twenty-seven or thirty-four twenty-eight Irish. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping that this is the the different year, right? We've been waiting for this for a long time as a Notre Dame fan. You know, it, it's it's not been; it's just kind of been constant disappointment throughout. The majority of my life so far, so I'm hoping for a, for a uh, you know I mean, maybe this is the year where they finally get back on in the in the national spotlight. maybe they' they're ready to play with the guys, the Alabamas the pumps of the world. I'm with Joe on the first part of it.
1: Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment of chill, especially after a long hard day at work? Sometimes you just need to relax and hit the reset button. Well, when you do need to hit that reset button, that's when you need to reach for an ice-cold Coors Light. It's made to chill, literally the only beer that's made to chill. We've got some very big games coming up this weekend, and we all know that watching football is therapeutic to fans. It's uninterrupted, me-time, and an excuse to chill and drink beer. It's mountain-cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered. It's cold-filtered and cold-packaged. It's literally made to chill. I crack open an ice-cold Coors Light for a night at the bonfire with the boys, or you could even do it for a night, uh, just dinner in with your lady. It's the perfect beer to chill. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up Friday here at Locked On Clemson, we're going to be talking about the 2021 early signing day results for Clemson and which players could be poised for a breakout freshman season. We're also going to be talking more about the defensive game plan versus Notre Dame this weekend. And lastly, we'll be taking a guess at which players might return to the football team next year. It's Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're all in at Locked On Clemson. Let's talk quarterbacks for the Tigers moving forward. Clemson has been very fortunate to have a string of success at quarterback over the last decade. I'm talking a lot of guys that have really put them on the map. And we'll start with Taj Boyd. He is the stats leader at Clemson. I don't really think anyone will beat those stats anytime soon. Four-year starter for the Tigers. Uh, Great player. He really changed the game for Clemson at the quarterback position. You move on to Deshaun Watson, a two-time Heisman finalist, two championship appearances with a win over Alabama, and an amazing player in person. He's now playing with the Houston Texans and unfortunately has been <laughs> really messed over by Bill O'Brien, but we won't go into that. I digress. He's just a great player. He really gave Clemson the respect, especially going toe-to-toe with Alabama in 2015 and ultimately winning it in 2016. Uh, again, this is what put Clemson over the top and becoming an elite team. You move on to Kelly Bryan. I know a lot of people have things to say about Kelly Bryan, but for what it's worth, another really good Clemson quarterback who led them to the playoffs. I mean, it's just facts, folks. Ultimately, he couldn't fend off one of the most generational, one of the most talented quarterbacks, not only in Clemson history, but in college football history, and that's Trevor Lawrence. He leads all current FBS quarterbacks with wins on 32 and one. I mean, that's a ridiculous record. The only guy behind him with wins is the senior that he'll be facing this weekend in Ian book of the Notre Dame fighting Irish. So that's incredible. Generational talent. Like I said, somehow the train keeps rolling for Clemson, though. Five-star quarterback out of California. That's right. Clemson's going into California to get quarterbacks. Now, DJ Uyunglele has come onto the scene. He threw for 400 yards twice in relief of Trevor Lawrence when he missed a few games due to COVID. Clemson just keeps dominating the quarterback game. Now, DJ is set to be the starter next season uh, after Trevor likely bolts for the Jets, which is much to our dismay, but... (laughs) Who's going to be his backup? That's what we want to know. The Tigers have seemed to have their share of transfers in the quarterback room because it's just that competitive. I mean, guys want to play, and I don't blame them. With the transfer portal being the way it is, and you know it's an easy out. But four-star quarterback uh, out of Connecticut, Tyson Pumachan, signed with the Tigers in 2019. While he is talented, uh, I do believe he was a little bit more of a project quarterback for the Clemson system than, say, uh, DJ or Trevor. These guys played in a similar offense with similar terminology in high school, so they were able to pick up things a little faster than Tyson, just maybe pass pro calls and certain checks on plays like that, certain looks, so on and so forth. But Tyson is a talented player. He really is. Uh, That's the reason why he was a four-star player, but I don't think we've seen the full extent of his abilities. Uh, Clemson usually brings him in to run the ball late in games. Uh, which is kind of disappointing. Really good arm talent, but he's just not as ungodly talented as Uyunga Lele. I don't even think Trevor has a stronger arm than uh, DJ. He's just amazing. I'm thinking he's probably going to be the backup next season. He's going to push for it, though. The kid is a competitor. He's really good. Uh, I just don't think that he can fend off. And if it's anything like we saw this year with the shakeup, I think he's definitely going to be in the number two spot, so long he's healthy. That or if he doesn't transfer. And with the portal, lighten up with a record number of players this year. It could be pretty bad for the Tigers if he decides to move on because Clemson has lost a ton of quarterbacks due to the competition. Lack of reps. It's just the way it is. Look to Chase Bryce. Moved on to Duke. Now he's moving on again. That's another story for us. Maybe we can talk about that later on in the side piece. But Hunter Johnson went on to Northwestern. Zarek Cooper went down to Jacksonville State. Put up a lot of numbers down there. Great player. Tucker Israel, he transferred out. And even Kelly Bryant, the most high-profile transfer out at the quarterback position. But right now, you'd be left with Hunter Helms if Tyson Pumachan leaves. Now, Hunter Helms, a surprisingly good walk-on quarterback is going to be the sole uh, backup to dj if a guy like tyson transfers now given what i've seen out of uh hunter helms and limited action this season i'd be happy to, if we found more ways to get this kid more looks georgia tech fantastic game i know it was georgia tech we were already pummeling and beating the brains out of him but the kid has really good touch he looks like a good player he's got good size too, about 6'2 ten. you can work with that uh i really like that kid but Outside of that, you really don't have many other players. You got James Talton uh, to play, but I I don't. I think he's more of a a, of a you know a scout team type guy. No disrespect to him, but he can play football. I I just don't think he's ready to play on that level. But we also going to be bringing in four star Georgia baseball flip and quarterback convert Bubba Chandler. He will take a little time to get acclimated to the game again because again he's a baseball player, especially on this level of play. You got to be ready to go, but he could be drafted in the spring to major league baseball so that's something to watch for as well that's very very important to watch for because uh, if not you wouldn't have signed anyone else but because Clemson hasn't taken another quarterback in the 2021 cycle it's kind of hard to do that when you have a guy like DJ William going to be there for at least three to four years so uh, they'll have to get crafty with roster space this is why I think next season will be very interesting for the quarterback room technically you did sign another quarterback three-star athlete Will Taylor out of Columbia South Carolina but Clemson's likely to use him as a whiteout. And I imagine he'll be sort of that Hunter Renfro, former quarterback in high school that could be your emergency quarterback guy if needed. Tyler Venables can do that as well. Brent Venables son. He's another player that played quarterback in high school, could see some quarterback work if needed. Uh, they still have another quarterback. Like I said, James Talton out of Raleigh, North Carolina, too. It's just a shame that a guy like Will Spires can't come back as a quarterback. Give the punting job to Aiden Swanson. Will Spires has got a pretty good arm on him. He played quarterback in high school as well. He's 6'5", 230 pounds. He could probably play quarterback at Clemson. (laughs) But, uh, of course, I I don't know that he can come back. Uh, Actually, I think he could come back now with the new NCAA eligibility waivers this season due to COVID. Then again, Trevor Lawrence himself could come back, but I highly doubt that. Would not bet the house on it. But if you're worried about the draft stuff, that's nonsense. Don't worry about that. I, I don't want to hear, oh, well, if he came back, he wouldn't be the number one pick. Ah, he would be the number one pick this year, next year, and the year after that. He is that good. No doubt about it. But quarterback play is going to be pivotal for the Tigers in 2021. You're going to start the season off with the Georgia Bulldogs. That's a really big deal. Uh, they have a really good defense. But honestly, if DJ's healthy, I don't think it matters too much who's behind him. He'll be able to go with the wire you just have to keep them healthy. But if we know anything about football, something crazy is always bound to happen. Just look to this current season for proof. There's so many questions, though, that will be answered soon as far as the way the quarterback room will shake out going forward. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll be reviewing the movie Safety. More on Locked On Clemson. We've got some big games coming up this weekend and betting on the Clemson Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers subscribe to the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Alright, we're jumping back in at Locked On Clemson In the last segment of the show, we're going to briefly talk about the movie Safety Now the movie was based on the story of Ray Ray McElrathby A Clemson safety who dealt with the difficult choice of choosing between one family over another Now the movie was shot over the last two years and it was released last weekend on Disney Of course, the movie isn't 100% factual, no sports movie ever is, but I thought it was very tasteful and well done. Showed some of the rigors of what it's like to be a college athlete and manage priorities, and that is definitely accurate. They did a good job on that one. Ray Ray signed with Clemson in 2005, and he was a pretty solid player out of Mays High School in Atlanta, Georgia spent a lot of his youth in foster homes. That's due to being a product of bad environment. Of course, the story is based around that fact. And in 2006, then a red shirt freshman, his mother Tanya had to enter a drug addiction treatment center and was unable to provide with Ray Ray and his 11-year-old brother, Famar. He's the kid that you see that's at the Hill. If you ever looked at pictures or watched the video, he's got the four and a half uh, jersey on. Uh, that's of course half of Ray Ray's number nine. They that that's uh, is crazy to see how big he is now. But Macrophy took on the challenge of caring for his younger brother while playing for a Division One program and attending class. Talk about multitasking. The way this movie was shot tugs at your heartstrings. It's really good. They did uh, really things that I thought were. Small details, uh, good taste to what they made sure to do to be true to the time period. They had flip phones and had us wearing those god-awful pinstripe uniforms of the mid-2000s with Coach Bowden. I hated those things. They were ugly, super, I just hated them. But they did a good job with perspective in this movie, too, showing the frustration of feeling like you're accomplishing uh, things and losing things at the same time. And you don't want to lose either one, especially someone that you care for. I remember it all. It's pretty vivid to me. It's a pretty good reenactment of things that happened there, uh, in my opinion. It's really, really close. They used game footage from halftime against UNC Charlotte last season. Uh, Clemson blew them out, so it was like, why not make a movie here? They recreated the game versus Florida Atlantic, and I love that one because we actually beat the crap out of Florida Atlantic that year. It's 54-6, I think. Uh, but I thought they did a really good job recreating Coach Bowden and uh, I mean everything down to his demeanor, the way his hair looks, everything about him. Uh, very, very accurate. And I think they did a good job with Coach Swinney and his family, too. Um, just very. Of course, I couldn't use Coach Swinney's name because he's an active coach and he probably didn't want his name out there. But I think a lot of that, the reason why it was so accurate is because Ray Ray was an active consultant on the movie. He was always there giving his input. Here's his thoughts on it. It was picked up back in 2006, like when it all first broke out and everything happened. Uh, someone came to me then. Actually, a few people came to me then about possibly doing um, a movie or something along the lines of something in my likeness. It's not real. It is not. It is beyond my wildest dreams to actually experience it. So, but it's not real. So. That's how cool it is, that it's cool enough that it can't be real. Just to come back and to be able to give back to all the people that invested time in me to to, to put this city on the map and to show the world what this city means to me and to everybody who's a part of it is a wonderful opportunity, and I am grateful for it. Again, the story is touching, and it's a rare occasion that shows the NCAA can actually have a heart. He was granted a waiver to be able to accept help from people around Clemson, To care for a FAMAR, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you can't even catch a ride in the rain from someone who's connected to Clemson without it being called an impermissible benefit. They did a really good job with the compliance office, too. (laughs) It's very accurate. It's just like that. It's a goofy rule, but that's the NCAA for you. But overall, is it a Rudy-level movie? Honestly, yes. Uh, It shot really good. It was produced by the same guy that produced Django Unchained, so you know that it's a really high-level movie. But the story is something that I and everyone else connected to Clemson will always remember. It's a really big deal, and it showed that Clemson is a part of a family. This is before Dabo even really got his reins in. Uh, It was being built during that time. So I think it's a great watch, and if you're a Clemson fan, you probably have already watched it. Uh, If you're not, you need to go do it. And if you're not a Clemson fan and you're somehow listening to this podcast, you need to go check it out. Find out a little bit about Clemson's culture. It's available on Disney Plus right now. But that about wraps up today's edition of Locked On Clemson. Tomorrow, we're going to be reviewing early signing day players and who might be a breakout player in 2021. There's a lot of sleepers in this one. We're going to be talking more about the defensive game plan versus Notre Dame. And lastly, we'll be taking a guess at which players might return to Clemson next year. You know, they have that extra year of eligibility some players might forego the nfl or graduation we'll see what happens with this roster but be sure to follow me on twitter that's at ellis tolbert e-l-l-i-s-t-o-l-b-e-r-t to continue the conversation i want to hear your thoughts and opinions most importantly be sure to subscribe to locked on clemson podcast that way you can get all the newest episodes as soon as they drop five days a week you don't want to miss a single episode You can find that wherever you find your podcast for free as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to leave a review and slap a big five-star rating on it if you will. Have a great day and go Tigers.